Good evening, everybody, and thank you for joining us on the Week 8 Fantasy Cruncher Podcast. My name is Brad, and thank you for joining us. And I'm joined with Jeff, who's better known in the DFS circles under his username Oreo. So thanks for taking time out of your night, and, and thank you for joining us. And I'm joined with Jeff, who's better known in the DFS circles. We're going to dive right in username Oreo, so and talk about what we learned last week. So I'm joined with Jeff. How about you? What did you learn last week? In the DFS circles. I learned that David Johnson is really good at football. Even in the toughest matchups, scoring games. That game was 6-6 at the end of the night, but he still ended up with Johnson. 40 plus yards. He's someone that I would be looking at every week. Six kicks at the end of the night, but he's still in the dark way. For me, one of the big takeaways was... Sorry, we're just having some technical difficulties here. Bear with us. So I think um, there was a mic issue. Can you hear me? One of the biggest takeaways I had from last week was just how well the chalk plays have done um, over the last few weeks. And basically across the board last week, the chalk went off. And as a result, you saw the cash game lines in many cases above what we saw in tournaments. And... Many times when there's cheap options available, such as the case last week with Jaquiz Rogers, um, a few others, Jack Doyle, um, it results in a very difficult week to find separation. So that's something that it, it wouldn't shock me if that happens again this week. But at some point in time, things will line up for those who do go contrarian in GPPs because at some week the, the chalk will fall short. And I think it creates great opportunity moving forward. Um, just to kind of break things down now, let's uh, let's start with quarterback. Who do you like this week, Jeff? Oh, without a doubt, my favorite quarterback week is going to be Tom Brady. He's just been – like after last week, he didn't have the best performance, which means this week his ownership might be a little bit depressed. So that makes makes it a good time to pick him up if we can see him below 20% ownership or 15% ownership, which is very likely, I think. And of course, I still like Matt Ryan, just for the same reasons. A lot of people played him last week. They were burned by him. This week, he's playing against Green Bay, and they have a depleted secondary. It should, it should be another good spot for both Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Who are you looking at? For me, the first guy that jumps out to me is, is Jameis Winston. Um, he's got a really good matchup against the Raiders at home. And he's coming off a very good week last week. So I like him to build on that. I think that game's going to stay close. And conversely, at the same time, I also like Derek Carr in that game. Um, it can be difficult to figure out whether he's going to focus on Amari Cooper or Michael Crabtree. And personally, I got a little burn going heavy on Cooper last week. So played uh, Raiders receiver roulette and, and got it wrong. But I like both the quarterbacks in that game. I think that could be uh, that that could be one of the highest scoring on the slate. So I, I think both those passing games are really good options. And Winston's really cheap. 
Like he's really yeah, cheap this I, week. They're both really cheap this week. And I, I agree with you on both of those picks. I had them I was very heavy heavily exposed to both of them last week. I had a lot of Carr and Cooper. That didn't work out so well. But the Winston Evans stack worked out quite well. And if if only Winston passed that three hundred yard mark and Evans was so close to passing the the hundred yard mark, that would have been really nice for me. But still ended up uh, a good week just thinking about how much Winston exposure I had. So I might be, be with you right there with more Winston this week, just because the matchup is just as good or, or if not better. And his price actually went down on DraftKings from 5,900 to 5,700. So I could see him being one of the most popular players this week. And his price the other guy that kind of jumps out at me is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Going up against Cleveland, if you're looking for a value quarterback, maybe you want to pair him with Brandon Marshall for a little bit of a stack. But we've all seen what, what opposing quarterbacks have done against the Jets all year. And for me, I, I don't imagine he's going to be all that highly owned. Um, he tends to tends to be ignored, and for the most part, in the, in the fantasy circles. So he's somebody this week that I'll have some exposure to as well. There's one interesting option that should be in a, in a time matchup, Russell Wilson against New Orleans. But we have seen this often struggle throughout the season. Russell Wilson hasn't been playing very well. Maybe he's a little bit injured still from the, the injury he had at the beginning of the year. But also his receivers haven't been working well for him. Are you, are you going to be on Russell Wilson this week? I like him. I like him. I mean... He hasn't been playing well so far this year, but he's in a fantastic spot. And I'm hoping that at at his price, I'm hoping that he'll be ignored a little bit. Um, it's probably not going to be the case because he is playing in New Orleans. And I think that'll put him on a lot of people's radar. But I think you still could get him at lower ownership than what he should be. So I, I, I do think he's a, a very strong play as well. Um, moving on, how about running back? Anybody jump out at you at first look? David Johnson and Marco Murray. David Johnson hasn't been given the best couple matchups in the past few weeks. This one's not going to be good against Carolina. But they just use him so heavily at 33 rushing attempts last week and 13 targets. Um, if he's going to get anywhere near that, it's probably unlikely. He's just a lot in my life. Yeah. I also do like. Marco Murray against Jacksonville. He's probably going to be the highest zone running back of the week because the matchup is so good and he has been playing so consistently throughout the year. So those, those two are the easy picks. And I think the easiest pick of the week is probably going to be Devontae Booker, though, because it was just me that CJ Anderson's not going to be playing this week. Um, he's close, he's very cheap on both sides. And he had a pretty good showing on Monday Night Football. So I, I, I could see Devontae Booker being in 100% of my points this week if I, if I go the, the multi-entry route. Yeah, no uh, no argument here on any of those guys. I, I think you're going to see Booker very highly owned, um, especially with the success that uh, Jaquiz Rogers had a week ago. Um, just to kind of stick on that theme, and I think things should run smoother from here on out. I think our technical difficulties are over. But uh, – Jaquiz Rogers does intrigue me still. Um, I mean, reports are that Doug Martin still hasn't practiced. And I mentioned off the top that I really like Winston and Evans. And I like Rogers again. I mean, I would like to see 
a little more goal line usage from him um, and the ability to get into the end zone. But if he keeps getting the touches that he's getting, it's only a matter of time before he finds pay dirt. And, and he's somebody that does stick out to me uh, more so on FanDuel. He's a little pricey on DraftKings. I know he checks in at uh, 5,800 on DraftKings, whereas I believe he's, he's 6,600 on FanDuel. Uh, but I, I still like Rodgers this week. Um, another guy too, although I know there's some injury, uh, a bit of an injury scare around him is Devonte Freeman. Um, Tevin Coleman seems banged up as well. And the, the reports at least seem to indicate that there's a, probably a, a above 50% chance that he doesn't play. And if he doesn't suit up, then I look for Freeman to clear the 20 touch mark. Uh, the touchdowns are down a little bit for him this year. Um, so, so granted, keep that in mind, but his, uh, his yards per carry is sitting at 4.8 and he really has ran the ball very well when given the chance. So if he's the only, uh, only proven back that's, uh, that's active for Atlanta this week in their matchup against green Bay, I think he's in a really good spot and he's, he's very affordable, um, relative to what his ceiling could be. So those are a couple guys that, uh, that really jump out at me in, in addition to the guys that you mentioned, Jeff. Yeah, I think this week is another week where it seems like there's maybe eight or ten coffee players to be kind of building on that. And the best lineup is gonna pick from you know like the top five quarterbacks, the top eight running backs, the top eight wide receivers. And yeah, I, I really don't like these types of weeks just like last week, just because you can score two twenty on DraftKings and not not get anywhere with that. Yeah, it makes it it makes it very very interesting, right? Like I, I actually didn't play a whole lot of GPPs last week. I I just went heavy on cash games because I had a really difficult time telling myself that uh, that the chalk wasn't going to have a very strong week. So I'm, I'm kind of with you again this week. I think it's going to be a pretty chalky week. Um, that said, if you do have the fortitude to uh, to go against it, and it happens to be one of those chaotic weeks where um, just about anything goes when uh, the teams take to the field. I think it could result in in a nice payday. Um, but I'm right there with you. I've got pretty narrow lists at each at each position, um, and certainly you can run the combos on that on on Fantasy Cruncher and uh, see what uh, see what spits out for you. See if that can get it done. But uh, I, I think it's probably going to be another choppy week here. Um, any other running backs you want to touch on before we uh, move on? Just briefly, Spencer Ware is in a good break position. We don't, we're not sure what's going to happen with um, Jamal Charles, but if Jamal Charles does play, probably going to be limited. And Spencer Ware is up against Indiana. So they're currently ranked 27th against the run, so that, that's a nice spot for him. His price did go up a little bit to 6800 on DraftKings. But that, that's very fair for what you're getting with him. And another player that I'm looking at is Christian Michael against New Orleans with... Russell Wilson playing so poorly. Um, New Orleans is not very good at stopping the run. I could see Christian Michael being a little bit more uh, heavily utilized in this game. Yeah, the the other guy that's on my radar is Latavius Murray. Uh, I mean, he missed a couple weeks when he was banged up a little earlier this year. And I like that he got 20 touches last week. And like I said earlier, I, I like that game to be a high-scoring game between Oakland and Tampa. And to, to actually, to my surprise, he's been very efficient down near the goal line this year, uh, which kind of caught me a little off guard. I, I didn't necessarily think he'd be poor when it comes to being able to punch it in for six, but 
he's actually been a lot better than I was anticipating when Oakland gets down near the goal line. So he, uh, they're like, he's, he's a play. He's, he's not going to be overly popular, although he is cheap on DraftKings. Um, but with a lot of value out there with, um, a lot, a lot of chalky high end running backs yet throw Devonte Booker in the mix. Spencer Ware's still lurking around. He's there, there's always a couple guys that slip uh, slip under the radar with respect to ownership levels, and it wouldn't shock me if he's one of those guys this week. One more running back to touch on, and that's one that I've I've been missing on. When he when he goes off, I don't play him. When, when I do play him, he doesn't do anything. Matt Forte. So Matt Forte is up against Cleveland. And Cleveland has just been terrible against the run throughout the year. So last week he had 30 touches. He's had three good games out of seven, four terrible ones. If he was gonna, if I were to guess, he's going to have a good game against Cleveland, and his his price is very fair at sixty four hundred. Yeah, no, uh, no argument here. Um, so we've we've covered a number of running backs here. So let's let's move on to wideouts. Um, couple fantastic big time receivers in great spots this week. Um, why don't you kick it off with uh, a few names you like at at the wide receiver position? Uh, I think my, my favorite play might be Ty Montgomery. And his price, 5300 but if he's going to be getting, you know, a lot of um, backfield work and targets. So you guys, after two weeks, losing the last two weeks, he's averaging 12-plus targets. If that happens again, um, that alone can keep the argument to give you eight points plus whatever yards he gets. And if he finally finds the end zone, he can be in for, you know, a 30-point week. If, if they use him as heavily as they have been using him. Yeah, and all, all indications seem to be that he's kind of carved out a niche in that offense. Uh, one, one thing I do want to point out, on, on FanDuel, he's listed as a running back. Um, so that's a little bit of a curveball. I know uh, I know you uh, do, prefer, uh, do prefer DraftKings, Jeff, and he's a wide receiver there. Um, so I just wanted to point that out for any of our users that are looking for him as, as a wide receiver on FanDuel. Um, in addition to Montgomery, who else do you like? Without a doubt, Mike Evans, just because, you know, he does he is the target monster. He's one of the leading, he's among the leaders in the league for, for targets. And he's been consistent in cash game for cash game play and GPP play. Again, he ended last week with thirteen targets and ninety six yards. If he just crossed over that hundred yard mark, he had a, a pretty decent week, around thirty five points to go along with his two touchdowns. So Mike Evans is probably going to be the most popular wide receiver in the high end, as far as, I, as, far as I'm concerned, um, on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Who, who do you like? Um, well, I mean, I love I, I love Mike Evans. Um, I mean, I was looking at numbers a little earlier this week, and so he, he ranks third in targets in the league, and he is the only wide receiver – in the top 15 that's already had his bye week. So when you think about that for a second, just from a high floor play, um, he brings that safety to the table. And, and he's quite honestly, for his level of production, his consistency, he's still very cheap on both sides. So um, for me, I don't do this often, but I, I'm going to have a hard time not having him in every single one of my lineups this week. Now I know, that's not going to be a unique strategy. So, uh, so moving on, um, I'm actually, I'm actually kind of feeling Randall Cobb this week. Um, I hope it's not chasing production and I don't think it is. Um, I mean, he's been banged up for the better part of a year. 
if you go back to last year when he got injured early, was never really himself after that. And I like the matchup this week against Atlanta mainly because other other than Desmond Trufant, they don't really have anybody that can consistently cover. And Trufant doesn't go in the slot. So I kind of see him matching up with Jordy Nelson for most of the afternoon. And between Cobb and Montgomery, I mean, Green Bay is going to move the ball. They're consistent. They're able to do that against uh, defenses that, quite frankly, are far superior to that of Atlanta. And I really like Cobb to build off last week. He saw 15 targets, so I'm sure that's going to catch some people's attention. I mean, it caught mine. And I think he's going to have another big week, and you can probably get him without his ownership being through the roof. Um, Another guy, because they're playing the Saints, is Doug Baldwin. I know he's been a little quiet recently, um, which isn't surprising given the fact that Russell Wilson has been fairly quiet. Um, he's going up against the Saints, so again, you're not going to pull a fast one on uh, on the DFS world because I'm sure people will be on him from the matchup alone. Um, but it wouldn't shock me to see him have just a monster game. And I think he's great either in isolation or pairing him up with Wilson um, for that one-two punch. So those are some of the guys that uh, kind of caught my attention. I mean, I- I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Julio Jones. Um, but then again, I don't think I'm necessarily, uh, bringing you any new information by saying Julio Jones is a good play. Um, I, I think he's in a great spot. He's expensive, but I think that game's going to be a shootout and barring him getting hurt, which is kind of always my, my biggest fear with him. Um, I'd be shocked if he didn't hit value. Um, kind of looking at some of the cheaper options. Why, why don't we sh- switch gears here, Jeff? And maybe talk about a couple of value plays. I know you brought up Montgomery on DraftKings. Is there anybody else? 5,500, so he's not the, the cheapest play. Yeah, any, anybody anybody on the value uh, end of the spectrum that's kind of jumping out to you? As far as as far as when I did my first initial look through, no, I couldn't find anybody that I really liked um, below the 4,000 4, mark. And even below the 5,000 mark, I couldn't, I couldn't find anybody. Uh, I'm I'm double checking right now. I'm struggling to find anybody that I'm happy to play at a cheap price. Maybe one of the Arizona receivers against Carolina, Jaron Brown or John Brown, but both of them have injury concerns. So yeah. I think it might be a more of a high end wide receiver week, high mid mid tier to high end wide receiver week. Yeah. What What do you think about Devontae Adams? Um, I know he had a big week last week. Yeah. Do you think this is chasing points? That is, to me, it sounds like chasing points, but uh, it seems like it's tough to know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do and what the game plan is. That he has four wide receivers, or uh, three and a half wide receivers, depending on what he's called time and uh, And any of them could go off. Three of them went off last week. So this week against Atlanta, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I can see that Devontae Adams having a great game is, is not out of the question. He does have... Five touchdowns on the season, uh, 16 targets last week, 4,900. I'm uncomfortable with the play, but more more so in GPP than cash. Yeah, no uh, no argument here. I mean, if you told me going into last week that Jordy Nelson would get four targets and Adams would end up with 16, Cobb with 15, and Montgomery would do what he did, I, I quite frankly wouldn't have even known how that was possible. So yeah, it was interesting. To see how had that. So that's yeah. 
three receivers getting 12 plus targets. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with you. There's not a whole lot on the uh, cheap end of the spectrum that, that jumps out at me at wide out. Um, I mean, for GPPs, there's some intrigue, in my opinion, with Quincy Inua. Um, I know his targets aren't high, um, but I mean, if, if anybody saw his touchdown last week where he just turned on the Jets, uh, no, no, no pun intended. That, that was a bad pun, so <laughs> my, my bad on that one. But uh, he, he caught like a 15-yard hook over the middle and just quickly got into high, high gear, and I, I was just blown away by that play. Um, he's going up against Cleveland, and if he can get behind their secondary a couple times, and Fitzpatrick could hit him, he could be an interesting pivot off of uh, a Fitzpatrick Brandon Marshall uh, GPP play. Mar- Marshall's another guy I like. I, I have to correct myself with that Jaron Brown recommendation. He had ACL tear, so I was thinking JJ Nelson, <laughs> um, who who is going to be cheap, and he's a fast dude. With um, he can get a long catch for. 50, 60 yards and a touchdown, which can make your make or break your, your team. Um, two of the mid-tiers that I really like this week are Marius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. While I wouldn't use both in the same lineup, one of them can easily have a, a pretty good game. They're both being used heavily. With CJ Anderson out, they might rely a little bit more on the passing game. And both of them can see 10 plus targets. And it's just a question of who makes it into the end zone. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, no argument here. Um, I think one of the two of those Denver receivers will probably have a very strong week. Uh, my gut tells me it uh, it's likely to be Sanders, uh, which, I mean, if I'm consistent with the larger field, means you could probably get Demarius at, at quite low ownership, especially with some of the more chalky wide receiver ones that uh, I think a lot of people will use. Um, so I, I do think that both Sanders and Thomas are, are interesting choices for week eight. The one guy that uh, I haven't used him a whole lot since early on in the year, mainly because I don't trust his quarterback, but sitting there looking at the price that uh, DeAndre Hopkins has going up against Detroit to me is awfully tempting. Um, so just curious what your thoughts are on Hopkins this week, Jeff. I'm not touching the Houston wide receiver just because of that. The reason you said that I'm not a fan of Osweiler. So it, it might be just, you know, um, because we just saw Monday Night Football and that, that thought sticking out in my head. But I'm not going there. He is 7,400. I would be more comfortable with him in the 6,000 range. Because, like you said, Emmanuel Sanders is primed to have a good game and he's, he's cheaper. So if I were going the mid-tier route, I'd rather have a Doug Baldwin or a Matty Sanders in my lineup than DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, it's kind of, I'm right there with you, and it's it's kind of crazy that uh, we've come this far in, in only seven weeks being completed. Um, I, I remember early on in the year, and for good reason, a lot of people thought that uh, it it was a good goodbye to pay close to nine grand for him, but that's just how little Brock Osweiler showed us over the course of the year, so um that's all i got for receiver if uh, unless there's anybody else you want to mention uh just mentioning i'm um, back on the fantasy radar brandon marshall with fitzpatrick back against cleveland des bryant against philadelphia philadelphia did have you know their defense did look strong last week but they're not and i think they might be playing a little bit over their head right now um, i don't expect them to be that good going forward so des bryant if you 
if they're saying it's 100% like, if he's 100% like they are saying he is, then at 7,100 on DraftKings, he's, he's, a, he's a great play. And one player that I, I am eyeing right now, and I've been, I played last week, what is um, Golden Tate. So his price hasn't moved up again, moved up at all. It's 5,100. Um, and he's getting double-digit targets, or at least over the last two weeks, he's had 10-plus targets. So, yeah, that, I think that's it for wide receiver. Um, there are, are some interesting options on Washington, but I think I'm going to be staying away from that one against Cincinnati. Yeah, no, uh, no argument here with respect to the Redskins receivers. Um, looking at tight end, I have a feeling I know the first guy that you're going to mention, um, so I don't necessarily want to steal your thunder. Um, but somebody that uh, that you've been you've you've likely been riding the last couple weeks, and he's really seen a resurgence. He's headed headed home this week. What are your thoughts on uh, on your boy Jimmy Jimmy Graham? Uh, He's one of my favorite wide receivers of the week. His price has been going up, um, so it makes it a little bit harder to pay pay up for that. I, I really don't like paying six six thousand plus for a tight end on drafting, but with the targets that he's seeing, eight plus targets over the last four weeks, ten last week, and he's going back to New Orleans for the first time since he left. Narrative Street plus matchup plus, you know. Uh, he is playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the game. I, I he this is a if he's gonna have a good game, it's gonna be this one. And I'll, I'll have a lot of Jimmy Graham. I'm not gonna kill it and go 100% Jimmy Graham just because of the price and having to pay up the wide receiver and, and running back. But yeah, I, I love to play this week. He's my number one tight end. I had a, I had a feeling you might say that. Yeah, uh, and and no argument here. I mean, the ma the matchup's fantastic. Um, aside from that uh, lovely six six game, he's been playing great football, and I mean, he, he's in a really good spot this week. So I do think he's going to be popular, but uh, because of his price, um, I don't expect ownership to be through the roof. Mainly because Jack Doyle's still there. Um, so I mean, he had a fantastic week last week. Uh, the matchup's much tougher this week. And based on his price alone, I'm having a hard time not automatically throwing him into my cash game lineups. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to use much of him in GPPs, though. Kansas City's done a really good job of defending tight ends over the last couple of years. And his, his price makes it difficult to not, not look his way in, in cash games. But just from what else you can put in a roster with him. Uh, but I, I think, uh, and I, I don't know if it's a little aggressive, but I think I'm going to be fading them in GPPs. Um, You're going to be fading Jack Doyle. I think so. I think so. I, I, I think he'll have a solid day, uh, but I don't really, I, I don't think the odds are very high of him hitting three or four times, times his price on uh, more so FanDuel. Um, he'll probably hit uh, hit at least three times on DraftKings. So. Um, maybe I'll throw that uh, caveat in there. I'll, I'll probably be fading him in GPPs on FanDuel, uh, but I, I, I still think he's a strong play on DraftKings. Uh, what are your thoughts on Cameron Bright this week? Um, he's got a good matchup, and just curious to see where your head's at with respect to him. You know, I expected more usage out of him last week, but he ended up, he ended up with only three targets. To be fair, he did catch them all, but 
with Tampa Bay, I think it's just going to be Rogers and Evans for me. I'm, I'm not going to be playing Cameron Bray this week. Um, he is 3,200, but Jack Doyle's right there. Vernon Davis, who I wasn't high on at all, has been getting his fair share of targets and catches. Um, is cheaper at 2,900. And who else was I looking at? Yeah, I, I don't think there's a very long list of tight ends to look at this week. And I will probably be staying away from Cameron Bray. Tight end has been a roller coaster this year. Everybody seems to be going up and down. There are no consistent options. Um, but if if someone like Hunter Henry is out, I could I could justify playing Antonio Gates, Kobe Fleener against Seattle. His pricing his prices is, is is on the the down. It is going down week to week. So and he has upside with um, Drew Brees shooting him like a receiver and. Anybody can go off in that offense. But yeah, it's a short list of tight ends that I'm looking at this week. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyone else you're looking at? I'm I'm a sucker for Travis Kelsey at this price. Um, I, I I know his targets have been down the last couple weeks. Going up against the Colts this week, I I, I find it hard to believe that he won't start to be a more focal point of their offense. And his price keeps dropping on both sides. Uh, I know he's checking in at 5,700 on, on FanDuel, and I believe he's now sub 5K on uh, on DraftKings. Um, I think he's going to have a multi-touchdown week at some point soon, and a matchup against the Colts is a pretty good one. So you know the Colts are going to score some points, and that's going to force KC to uh, turn to the air. And that's Spencer Ware just runs all over them, which which is very well possible as well. Um, but I still like Kelsey, despite the fact that his targets have been down. Um, a guy who's actually kind of hit my radar now is, uh, just because he's so cheap, is is Gary Barnage, uh, more so for cash games. Um, he, he's very cheap on both sides. I think he's 5000 on FanDuel, 3300 on DraftKings. And despite the fact that Cleveland does obviously have trouble putting the ball in the end zone. It is only a matter of time before he scores. And at those prices, his targets have been consistent. And I think he's going to score one of these weeks. It's just a question of when. So if you're looking for somebody to maybe pivot off of Doyle, a guy like Gary Barnage could be a, uh, a suitable option. And the Jets haven't defended the tight end position all that well um, over the course of the year. So I know there's challenges with respect to who's going to be on the center for Cleveland, um, but I do like Barnage a little bit, um, which will probably make uh, make Jared happy. So uh, I know he's been uh, – Jared from Fantasy Cruncher has been uh, a fan of Barnage for, for quite a while now. So uh, there you go. There's a second, uh, second member of Fantasy Cruncher talking up Gary Barnage. I, yeah, I love to play in the house guy. It sounds like he's up to the top of the house. And they, they do want to play. But he might not be back this week. But once the count is back, I'm going to be all over here. So I seem to have a connection with the first Yeah, I might be able to do the fun because of the connection this week. Provided that the count back. <laughs> if, if they have to go with their, their rookie quarterback, Kevin Hogan, I'm going to be playing far. 
Yeah, that's that's fair. No argument here. I think if uh, Hogan's under center, I'll I'll probably probably be singing a different tune. Um, do you want to talk defense quickly? Any? Uh, it's kind of an interesting week because the Vikings play the Bears on Monday night, and I, they'll be very popular in week long contests. Ones that start Thursday and Monday, uh, but on first glance. I thought it was a pretty interesting week for the main slate uh, for where to go with respect to picking a, a defense and special teams unit. So just curious your thoughts. Anybody jump out at you? Yeah, the Vikings are lucky they're off the slate. But no, I, I was looking at defense, nothing really turned out to me this week. If you want to pick on Cleveland, but you want to pay, uh, pay more money for the Jets, you have not been very well this year. Um, you're paid just because you're only on Cleveland. Um, the Broncos are going to be in San Diego, and San Diego tends to score points. So uh, I, I might, I'm not really willing to pay you know, a premium for, Bron- for the Broncos in San Diego. And yeah, I think there's just a lot of movement of the offense. So the defense is probably going Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of the same opinion. Um, I mean, the Jets against Cleveland are a fairly safe matchup just based on their opposition. Um, if you want to go with Denver, pay up a little bit. That's in play as well. Although, um, although against San Diego. We all saw it happen a couple weeks ago on, on Thursday night football. Now, granted, Denver's at home this 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 time, and I do think they're better one of the better options out there. But you got to pay for it, so that's something you have to consider when, when building your lineups. But I actually think it's a pretty good week in GPPs to maybe sprinkle some exposure around, um, put maybe a, a five to ten percent allocation on a bunch of teams, and just kind of see where the chips fall, see who makes the big plays especially because with a fairly chalky core, you're not going to have as many lineup combinations as you might in a week where there's more options in play. So that's something that I'm kind of mulling over right now. Yeah, like the Seahawks are up against the world. And the world. You know, the That's that's not a bad play as well. Um, I'm I'm kind of curious how that that Eagles game will go because they've been great at getting to uh, getting to the quarterback this year. Um, but one of the strengths, if not the strength, for Dallas is the row line. Um, so it should be an interesting matchup, and it's not often that NFC East games really intrigue me. But that's one that that I'm 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 quite looking forward to. A lot of good stories in that one. Um, see how Ezekiel Elliott does against. Uh, against the Philly front seven. And uh, I'm curious to see how Philly's defense does against Dallas. So 
Um, definitely a lot of interesting choices when it comes to defense. Um, before we wrap up, is there any any other topics you want to touch on? Anything else that's kind of top of mind for you? Or uh, football wise, not so much. But there's a lot of going on in sports world. Basketball back. Um, it's a great game last night. Golden State lost. I know that upset some fans and members, but maybe they're not as good as uh, we think they're going to be. And uh, maybe Cleveland's going to get another championship pretty soon. They've fucking been so long. Yeah, I was uh, I was really impressed watching uh, watching the tribe go go up against the Cubs in Game One, and I mean it was the same script as what they did to both Boston and uh, and Toronto, and what a story that would be if they're able to knock off all three of those teams, all with vaunted offenses, and just seeing Kluber go in, Andrew Miller come in, do his thing. Um, I thought it was a great way to uh, to kick off the World Series, so. Um, that's all we got for tonight. So again, thank you for taking the time to join us for the week eight fantasy cruncher podcast. Um, as always, if you have any questions, you can reach us on Twitter. Let us know. Always happy to help. So thanks for joining us and good luck in your week eight contests. Okay.